Hey guys, welcome to the Wealth Accumulation Podcast. This is your host, Nick Zimmerman, and in today's episode, we'll be going over President Biden's tax proposal. We will go over tax increases proposed in this bill and who it will affect. We will also dive into what you can do to better prepare for President Biden's tax proposal if it passes as written. Now, I'd like to preface this episode by saying that this is not geared to be a political episode, nor a biased one. Our goal for today is to A, review the highlights of President Biden's tax proposal, and B, share with you guys some tips on how to better prepare for this bill if it were to pass as currently written. So with that being said, let's start off with reviewing some of the key highlights of President Biden's tax proposal. So President Joe Biden has proposed um, several ambitious plans, right, to create jobs, um, build infrastructure, and better support middle and working class families. So in order to help fund uh, for that plan, uh, his, his main component of revenue um, that he's proposing is he wants to up the tax uh, on the rich, you know, on the top 1% of America. Um, and, and the plan that he's proposing is called the American Families Plan. So, you know, guys, whether or not Congress uh, will approve of these proposals, um, you know, you're, you're going to be hearing a lot. I'm sure like within the past week or two, you've, you know, since this has really been bubbling up, you've been hearing about it. But I mean, within the next couple of months, as this is going back and forth uh, with both sides of the aisle, you're going to be hearing a lot about this proposed tax plan. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see where we wind up landing. Um, I think how it's proposed today, you know, I, a lot of times tax bills, they're infamous for being proposed, uh, you know, one day having all of this information in it, and then the next day, you know, that gets scrapped, and then it gets rewritten. You know, there's the numbers are constantly going to change. So it'll be interesting in the next couple months to see where we land um, and what winds up getting passed. So... Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into some of the key highlights that are in this, you know, President Biden's tax proposal as it's currently written. Um, and then, you know, as you guys are listening, um, you know, this may apply to some of you, but I'm going to tell you right now, the vast majority of us, it's not going to affect. So the first um, key highlight of President Biden's tax proposal is that he wants to raise the top income tax rate. Okay, so... From President Trump um, in 2017, uh, he reduced the top income tax rate from 39.6% to 37%. So he reduced it by 2.6%, right? Which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot. But, you know, from um, the 500,000 households that this has affected, uh, you know, that is a significant amount of revenue that... Um, the IRS is collecting. So under the Biden uh, plan, he would like to raise this tax back up to 39.6% for anyone that's in the top 1% of income, okay? So, you know, how the IRS defines income uh, for these purposes, uh, they define income as adjusted gross income. So your AGI. So anyone that has an adjusted gross income of more than $540,000, um, that's who this is, is going to affect, okay? 
So that's the first highlight. The second highlight, which this is the one where the majority of the noise has been within the past um, two weeks, especially. And, you know, I think this is going to be one of the heavy hitting components to this tax bill if it were to pass and this stay in it. Okay, because this is this is really going to affect uh, the way that a lot of our uh, top 1% business owners, you know, um, investors, this is going to affect a lot of the, or this is going to affect the way that a lot of them, um, carry out their strategy, you know, with investing and with handling and doing business. So this highlight is, is that, uh, President Biden would like to impose a higher capital gains tax. Okay. So currently the capital gains tax rate, it varies based on how long you own an investment and what your income is when you sell it, all right? So, um, you know, a, a short, there's two types of capital gains. There's a short-term capital gain, um, and then there's a long-term capital gain, right? So the short-term capital gains rate is the same as your top income tax rate, and it, it applies to any investment you hold for less than a year and then sell. Okay, so this could be like a stock is a, a great example. You go buy a stock, um, you know, for $50. The stock goes up to 75 bucks within six months. And then you go ahead and sell it for a $25 gain, right? So that $25 gain, that's going to be considered a short-term gain, which you'll be taxed at a, um, you know, high income rate, okay? So the second type of capital gains, which this is the more favorable one, I mean, this is one, um, I guess, tool, if you will, to really benefit us as citizens to build wealth, okay, especially for us starting from scratch, is uh, the long-term capital gains rate. So long-term capital gains rates are 0% if your taxable income is below $80,000, and it's 15% if your income is between $80,000 and $441,500, okay? Okay. Um, and it's 20% if your income is above any of those thresholds. So as it is right now, I mean, for the, you know, high net worth, high income individuals that are making over $441,000 from, let's say their investments, I mean, just to be taxed 20%, um, that's, that's just bare bones. That's just saying if somebody sells something and, you know, uh, they get the long-term tax rate, they're only going to owe 20%. That's not bad when you compare that to, you know, what the current top income tax rate is of 37%. Okay. Now all of these taxes are federal. This is not state. This is all just federal numbers. Cap each state has their own form of income taxes and their own form of capital gains taxes as well. Okay. So this is just federal that we're talking about here. Um, so essentially what President Biden wants to do regarding capital gains taxes, okay? He is proposing to raise the long-term capital gains tax on those with an annual income of over $1 million. So those investors would pay their top income tax rate on their capital gains no matter how long they hold the investment. So let me do a quick recap. So number one, which this was the first highlight we went over, was President Biden would like to raise the top income tax rate 
from 37% to 39.6. Okay, so the the top income federal tax rate is going to be 39.6%. Okay, what he's wanting to do is if you have a capital gain, it doesn't matter how long you've, you've held the investment. It could be two weeks or it could be 20 years. It doesn't matter. If you make over a million dollars within a year, okay, if, if that's your income, income's over a million dollars, you're going to owe 39.6% capital gains tax. So essentially, like if I make over a million dollars a year, so I qualify for this high capital gains uh, tax, then let's say if I sell some big commercial uh, property and I receive a million dollars from it, right? That's my capital gain, air quotes, that's my capital gain, then I'm going to owe $396,000 of tax from it or tax on it. That's just crazy, you know, compared to right now, I'd only owe $200,000. So essentially what I owe to the IRS is pretty much doubling uh, just by this, you know, going in this this tax bill going into place and uh, becoming effective, right? So, again, the vast majority of us out there are not going to be affected by this um, unless you're in the top 1% and you're making over a million dollars a year, you know, which if so, that's awesome. Um, but for the vast majority of us that are investing, you know, um, and stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, and then, you know, for those of us that have a couple of rental properties, right, uh, this this still is not really going to affect us um, in the grand scheme of things, okay? So the third highlight, um, which I think this one is probably going to be, this one probably is going to be the, the one uh, component of this tax proposal that is going to affect um, a good a good bit of us that are in you know the lower middle class upper middle class um, is President Biden is wanting to eliminate the step up in basis provision for some heirs okay so um, inheriting money is a common thing right? Um, inheriting tax-free money, that's a next-level form of entity planning, right? Um, but, you know, so essentially what is common in uh, estate planning, you know, what's common in inheriting money is what they call a step-up in basis, okay? So to give you guys an example is, let's say if, you know, your dad... Um, Bought a, a bought a stock, right at fifty dollars, and whenever he passed, um, the value of that stock is now eighty five dollars, right? So there's been a thirty five dollar gain. Well, whenever that you know your father's estate passes on to you, the basis his basis of that stock is fifty dollars, right? So he bought the stock for fifty dollars. If it went up to eighty five then there's a $35 gain, right? Well, how it's currently written is if he were to pass and you inherit all of that stock, so now you're inheriting it at $85, well, your basis is now $85. Bucks. 
So what that means is that if you were to go sell all of that stock at $85 a share, you would not owe, t- owe taxes on it because the IRS views that as, well, technically, you know, you bought or technically your basis is $85 a share. It's not 50, right? So, you know, that's one thing that President Biden would like to go ahead and um, take away is the step up in basis uh, for heirs that are inheriting um, an inheritance. So, you know, one, one thing is crucial to understand, however, in this step up in basis is that the gains that President Biden would tax from this, okay, is any gain that's over a million dollars. So, you know, essentially, if you you know your your father bought stock for fifty bucks, grew to eighty five dollars, um, but let's say if you were to go sell all of that, that gain would only be six hundred and fifty grand. Well, then this wouldn't affect you, okay? So as it's written, um, you know, you would owe a capital gains tax for anything that's over a million dollars, right? So um, that is one special provision to understand in this step up in basis that uh, President Biden is proposing, okay? So unless it's a lot, so really to, I guess to put that in summary, unless it's a large inheritance, right? So, I mean, I'm going to estimate... Um, if it's a couple million dollars worth of real estate or worth of uh, stock that you inherit, unless it's a couple million dollars, um, you, you're probably going to be fine. Right? You're probably not going to owe all of those high capital gains um, as long as it's not over that million dollar mark. So those are the three big components to President Biden's tax proposal. Right, everything else that we're used to, um, he's not looking to touch. Right, he's he's really wanting the uh, high income, high net worth individuals to help out with his American families uh, plan. So, with all that said, here's an interesting statistic about all of this. Okay, and I think this is something that we should all know. You know. Uh, about this tax proposal is that so when you think about the top 1% that's roughly 500,000 households within America okay so this tax proposal the the folks that he wants to increase taxes for is really targeted to 500,000 households American households so I was reading an article by Fox Business and they had a really interesting statistic, which I can believe because, and I'll, I'll get to this, where there's some advanced, uh, you know, net worth planning. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you guys the statistic first. So out of those 500,000 high income, high net worth households that are, you know, this proposal is being targeted towards and that quote unquote would be inf- affected by this. Out of the 500,000, only 10% of those households are actually going to notice a higher tax liability if this bill passes as it's currently written. So what that means is that the other 90% are 
are not going to notice a change at all to the amount of taxes that they're currently paying. So let that sink in for a second. Like, this tax bill is targeting the high-income, high-net-worth households within America. Out of that, 90% of those households, they're not going to be affected at all. You know, and the reason why is, is because, A, those people got to that point, those people built up that wealth by utilizing the provisions in our current tax code. Okay. Uh, B, there are still a lot of strategies and a lot of provisions within the tax code that President Biden has not mentioned in his tax proposal and that he's not going to touch, right? So like a couple of those provisions that high net worth individuals use are 1031 exchanges, right? So that means like if if you buy a house, you know, you buy, buy an investment property for hundred grand, you sell it for $200,000, right? So there's a $100,000 gain. Well, a, 10, a 1031 exchange allows you to go and say, hey, you know what, instead of receiving the cash, like instead of receiving the profits from the sale, I want to go ahead and roll over that $200,000 into another property. And usually that property is, you know, worth more than the property they're, they're selling. I want to roll that two hundred grand into this next property. And by doing so, you don't owe the capital gains tax because technically you didn't receive that gain in the form of, you know, cash or whatever it is, you didn't receive that money. You technically just rolled it into another uh, property, right? So that's a 1031 exchange. That's a big provision that a lot of, I mean, I'd be willing to say pretty much all of these high uh, net worth individuals are utilizing, right? Well, that as it is, is not going to be touched, okay? Uh, another thing is charitable trust planning. Right, so a lot of these individuals, you hear how they have their foundation set up or their charity set up. Well, a lot of that is because uh, these folks are doing advanced charitable trust planning, right? So they're giving you know a certain amount of their income to charities, and then the charities, in return, are setting up entity structures around these folks' investments around their businesses to help offset their tax liability. Okay. Um, so a lot of that is not even being mentioned, is not even being touched in President Biden's tax proposal. So that's why I personally, I can believe like out of the 500,000 American households that this is targeted towards, I mean, really only 10% are probably actually going to owe higher taxes because the other 90% are still going to follow the same strategies they're using. They're going to continue to uh, stay disciplined and, and stay on track, you know, with their goals and with their investment strategies. And this isn't going to affect them, you know, because they're still going to utilize a lot of the provisions that are currently in our tax laws. Okay, so to me, the outstanding question is, you know, hey, you're targeting high net worth and high income individuals, but Grand scheme of things, you know, these guys, <laughs> good luck trying to get tax, you know, good luck trying to get taxes from them because the majority of their money is is coming, you know, from uh, investments that 
you know, they're, they're utilizing a lot of these tax provisions. So if you're not going to take that away, then good luck. You're, you're raising, you're raising capital gains on people that, you know, they're, they're not really paying them right now because they don't have to due to these tax provisions, right? So that, needless to say, this is going to be really interesting to see how much revenue, uh, these guys really get, you know, from the quote unquote high income, high, uh, net worth individuals. All right. So with all that said, I think the most applicable thing to us is what should you do? Okay. So, you know, if this gets passed, you know, we already covered it. It's not really going to affect us at all. Uh, but what are some things that we should, you know, be doing and some things that we can learn and pull away from this, right? So number one is the obvious one, stay on track, right? Don't get disencouraged um, from this passing. You know, don't say, oh, don't let this be an excuse. I'm going to channel my inner Dave Ramsey here. Don't let this be an excuse to get you off track. You know, don't let this be an excuse to, oh, well, they're raising taxes. What's going to keep them from now targeting the middle class, you know, within the next year or within the future? Um, you know, oh, investing's not worth it now because if they can do this, they can do this to me, right? Don't don't let this be an excuse for you to not be disciplined and to totally jump ship from your uh, strategy, all right? Be encouraged, you know, say, look, I'm not going to be disencouraged from this. I'm just going to get a little bit smarter about my current strategy, and I'm going to stay on track and attack it. All right. Um, so with that, you know, the the second thing I'd encourage you guys to do is start utilizing some tax free strategies that are out there that we can all you know start chipping away at. Right. So a couple common ones are Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. If your employer provides them. Right. So for us that might be in low income or, or middle com- middle income earners, you know, we can utilize uh, Roth IRAs if our income is below that threshold, right? So like we're not going to get a current tax deduction in the current earning year, but our money's going to grow tax deferred. And whenever we get to that retirement stage, we're going to have tax-free income, right? So, you know, look, I think the, the main message of this is is that, look, any administration that gets in there, they can propose whatever tax bill or whatever tax proposal they want, okay? There's nothing stopping anyone from raising taxes or, quite frankly, proposing some off-the-wall tax proposals, all right? There's nothing stopping anyone from proposing that. Now, we have a system in place to vote, you know, for that to be amended and batted around and then get approved, but you know, look, hey, if I'm, you know, in my 20s, I have no clue what our current tax codes and what our tax laws are going to look like 40 years down the road, okay? But given our history, if I start utilizing Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks, you know, look, if they take that away, if they take Roth, you know, Roth retirement accounts away, Given how historically we've treated similar, um, you know, provisions like this, if you currently have one, you'll usually be grandfathered into the new proposal, right? So 
you know, don't don't let that be an excuse. Well, I don't want to do a Roth IRA or whatever uh, because they might take that away. Well, if they do, you know, historically, you're going to be grandfathered into whatever the new tax proposal is, okay? Um, and I'll tell you right now, if in 40 years, whenever I get close to retirement, if they take away Roth IRAs, they're going to have a real mess on their hands, okay? I mean, that they take that away, they're messing with, the vast majority of America, all right? So, yeah, you know, the, the first simple uh, tip that I give you guys is utilize Roth IRAs, right? Um, and then utilize Roth 401ks if your employer um, provides them as an option. Now, obviously, you know, I've seen this happen where your employer will offer a traditional 401k and they'll give you a match, but then also they'll you know, give you the opportunity to choose a Roth 401k. However, they won't include the match, right? So that's something that you'll need to explore. Um, this next strategy, um, I would typically recommend for anyone that's in their 40s or if you're in your 50s, you know, and you're, I would say at least at a minimum five years out from retirement, um, is to explore what they call a backdoor Roth IRA conversion. Okay, so essentially this is another tax provision um, that, you know, a lot of, I'll say, uh, upper middle class and a lot of these high net worth individuals utilize is where they take a traditional IRA, okay, and each year they either do partial or they do full contributions of, or excuse me, not contributions, but a conversion from their traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, right? So the reason why they do that is because, you know, the beautiful thing about a Roth IRA is that you get the tax-free income from it. So, you know, what a lot of individuals do is they say, hey, I have at least five years uh, before, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go for retirement. So what I'd like to do is start taking either a portion or I'd like to do it all in one transaction and convert my traditional IRA over to a Roth IRA. Now, you know, the tax implication of that is that you owe taxes when you convert, okay? And typically those taxes are going to count as income, all right? So that, you know, typically you'll owe um, more than what the current capital gains rates are at, you know, whether it be 15 or 20% from a federal perspective, Right? So, you know, a, a few things to keep in mind about this strategy is that, you know, as it's written within our tax code, is that you can't touch the money for five years. Okay, so if you convert in 2015, you know, you can't touch that money or access that money until 2020. Now, what I mean by accessing the money, you can always go and pull cash out, right? That money's yours. But you would incur a penalty, okay? So I'll say that money is not penalty-free until after five years of conversion. And the reason why is because the IRS views that money that you convert, they view it as converted money. They don't view it as a contribution, right? So that's why you have to wait five years. That's their rule. That's how it's written. And that's why I said earlier, you know, you want to make sure that you're at bare minimum uh, within or at bare minimum, you're five years out 
from retirement. Okay. So, uh, you know, those are two strategies that I think we all can start taking a look at. You know, number one, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks. And then number two, for those of us that have a sizable um, traditional account, right, whether it be a IRA 401k, um, is to go ahead and look at the backdoor Roth conversion, um, especially if we're in our mid to late 40s or 50s and have more than five years from retirement. That's that's a good strategy to explore, you know, with your financial planner um, and discuss if it would be right for you. Okay, so, uh, you know, I, I hope that you guys, A, got a lot of information from some of the key highlights from President Biden's tax proposal. You know, the vast, again, the vast majority of us uh, really will not be affected by this uh, proposal as it's currently written. Okay, now somebody might wake up and say, hey, <laughs> grand scheme of things, how this thing's written, we might not be getting the revenue that we are hoping for, uh, and they might start coming after us, right, after our income tax raid, and, and they might start going wild with uh, the capital gains rate, they might start lowering those thresholds, but uh, as it's written, it's not, okay, so hope you guys, you know, Take that information um, and and be encouraged that, hey, you know, no matter what administration gets in office, they have the full capability of doing whatever they want, right, or proposing whatever they want. So, you know, I hope you guys uh, take away from this that we need to get smarter about how we strategize for retirement and how we strategize for investing, Okay. And, um, you know, if Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks are an option for you to contribute to, uh, that's something that I would encourage y'all to seriously weigh and seriously explore. So, well, guys, this wraps up our episode for today. And um, as always, stay safe, be blessed. Later. Later.